Finding the right food and fitness regimes is challenging. With too much conflicting advice and plans suited for different body types, getting the best for your body is hard. To reach your ultimate performance, start at the beginning. Start with Elite Nutrition Co. Contact info in the show notes. Chasing Jillaroos. My name is Big T, but more importantly, Mary Kay is with me. Welcome, Mary. I'm going to object every week to nope. you saying more importantly, but nope. Big T, it's good to be here and can't <laughs> wait to talk more NRLW with you. Can you tell me, last week you were telling us where you watched it. Can you just give us a brief overview of, of where you were Sunday this week? Yes, I can. I was at a family function, unfortunately, mm. Big T. And I managed to watch some of it on KO, but then I got in trouble from mum and dad for having the phone out during a family <laughs> function. Um, if anyone sees me in public and wants to ask about the christening, ask me. It was the most traumatic thing I have ever been to. Wow. But that's probably a story for another day. Okay. And so you almost needed the phone for the uh, emotional disconnect for a moment just to pull yourself together or something. Oh, my goodness. Um, So, Big T, I'll give you like a brief overview. The priest that was meant to perform the ceremony caught COVID. So they brought in two Orthodox priests that were twins and from a monastery. So they really, really went to town on the service. It lasted an hour and 15 minutes. The baby was not happy. My grandmother was not happy. The baby wasn't happy. Um, You know, my cousin wasn't happy. No one was happy, Big T, until we got to the function afterward and got to eat some food. Hour and a half is a long sermon. Oh, gosh, especially for an eight-month-old. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's longer than the football. That's it. That's yeah, more than an entire game. Yeah. It wasn't even in a half time. Bloody I could have watched all the NRLW in that time, couldn't I? Yeah, bloody hell. Um, okay, now one other one thing I want to touch on before we um, get into the game wraps is you mentioned last week that you were super G'd up or you wanted to do a big spiel about Parramatta membership size. Did you want to hold mm. on to that until we get to Parramatta or are you happy to do it wax lyrical now? I think let's do it at the end, Big T, but the big message is going to be to try and rally as many people as possible to get to the game on Sunday. It's a very important round of NRLW, so how about you give me five minutes at the end to wax lyrical? Mm. There's a little teaser. I think, you know, some really big famous Mm. podcasts do that. Stay stay to the end and find out what Mary (laughs) Kay's talking about. Uh, (laughs) Now, first game uh, happened on Sunday. These were another triple header at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong. Round two, Sunday, the 6th of March. The Newcastle Knights, 10. Brisbane Broncos, 28. Uh, there is no attendance given by the NRL website. I wonder, if, I wonder why that is. Uh, two tries to Newcastle was uh, Federici, Fatik, mm, Fatika and uh, Prasad. They were, one of them was converted by Poco. And then Boyle, Upton, Sisiolka. Uh, I did so much better on my practice. 
Uh, Mosby and Turner scored for the Brisbane Broncos and four of the five for Brown. Now, um, tell me, what, I mean, is it just still Broncos just looking this good? What, what's the deal? What, tell me about this game. So before we talk about this game, Big T, I just want to touch on one comment that Brisbane Broncos coach Kelvin Wright made before the game. Because the Brisbane Broncos players obviously played in Newcastle last weekend, flew back to Brisbane and then have come back to Sydney this week, there are many women in that team that have been impacted by the floods. And actually, to all our listeners, I hope you and your families are all safe and doing well. So Calvin Wright said, we got home in the early hours of Monday after our game last weekend and some people couldn't go home. There are some people who still haven't been back to their houses since that game. Big T, we talk about the professionalisation of the women's game and how we keep asking these women to do more. For me, that's just another example of the sacrifices that these women are willing to make just to play the game that they love. Mm. Now, well said. Uh, that's devastating. And everybody in Queensland, all the Northern Rivers, or anyone really in Sydney, mm. we, we hope that you're... And, uh, I mean, this, this game ended up, by the time we saw Parramatta, it was a real physical demonstration of what's been mm-hmm. happening all over the place. Um, okay, and so now, and so now that they've Brisbane have done that and still performed at a elite mm. level, they sure have big team. When we talk about this game, we can think about Brisbane's forward pack. So last weekend, Millie Boyle made two hundred and twenty-three meters against the Roosters. <laughs> it's an NRLW record, and they only play seventy minutes. Remember that. If yeah, she was yeah. playing in the men's comp, she'd still have another ten meter, ten minutes. So watch out, Jason Tamalolo. <laughs> but the forward pack did the same thing in this game. So Millie Boyle, 193 metres, yeah. Amber Hall, 123 metres, and Chelsea Lenarduzzi, 102 metres. The Broncos are that good, but again, just like the Roosters last week, we saw Newcastle really struggle with their ball handling, mm. and they just kept giving opportunities to the Broncos, and we know that you can't do that. I thought that the Newcastle Knights played well in the second half. You mentioned tries to Matua Federica and Jamie Fassad. There are positive signs there, but by that point, the Broncos had already won the game, I felt, Big T. Yeah. Look, I think also, back, going back to your forward pack, Chelsea um, mm. is the kind of player who, if you're in a NRLW draft competition, she's probably sneaky in the top five draft picks that anyone takes. And if you don't take her within the first few picks, well, anyone who doesn't know her and doesn't draft her would maybe go like, what are you taking Chelsea so early for? But she's the kind of person that you'd entirely build a team around. Her leadership late in games, her ball handling is second to none. She also scores, she runs incredible lines, scores tries, great in defense, just such an excellent um, player to have in and around the club. She is such an underrated and super valuable player that I think any, any NRL W team would be loving to try and grab. Somehow. Couldn't agree more, Big T. And she's also a really fun character. I always right. love chats with Chelsea Lenarduzzi. So she played hockey when she was growing up. She's a big sports fan, loves basketball and the NBA, mm. and is very, very passionate about women's footy and wants to win. She wants to be the best. She wants to look back on her career and think that she did everything possible to succeed and has spoken quite a bit about how she feels that, Sometimes female athletes can't talk as openly as they would like to about being competitive because they might be seen as being bitchy or being catty. Ah. But she's someone that wants to win and she wants 
to be able to talk like that as well. So she's a fascinating character and it's so exciting to see her doing so well in the NRLW. Mm. I just want to also point out two other things. Their completion rate was obviously amazing, which has a lot to do with with people like Chelsea um, cutting the ball up beautifully. Also, their kick metres were way bigger than Newcastle's. Again, I think that is completely down to um, their forward pack. But the really interesting thing that shows the dominance you were talking about earlier was that if you round those the times um, to the nearest 10 for their tries, they score in the 10th, 20th, 40th, 50th and 60, 60-70th minute. Like that's an incredible, out of a 70-minute game, to score five times in almost every 10 minutes just shows that they were in complete control the entire time. Absolutely, Big T. I also just wanted to briefly mention Tamika Upton. Yes. Incredible. I wonder, did I tip her to be my NRL player of the year? Maybe mm. I did. Um, and if I did, I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back because she, again, <laughs> just showed why she's one of the best players in the game. Yeah. Her, her ball returning, her kick returns, are second to none at the moment in the competition, um, unbelievable. Terrifying for it, any opposition. It's true. And Big T, last week we were talking about the battle of the fullbacks. I actually mm. think so many of our fullbacks in this competition are the most exciting players to watch. And I know we're going to talk about Avania Polite when we get to the yes. Gold Coast Titans in a minute. I know you'll love Bovetti Welsh, Romy Tsaitsel for the <laughs> Newcastle Knights. Uh, our fullbacks, there's just such incredible talent amongst that group. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get there now. Second game of the afternoon uh, was the uh, Sydney Roosters versus the Gold Coast Titans. Sydney Roosters 16 were through uh, to Fuga Togatuki and Kenrick. That was converted to by Southwell, uh, two of three. And then Peters, Brown, Gray, Braley Nati, and Braley Nati. Uh, she had a double, getting the five tries for the Gold Coast Titans. And it was converted by, or two of them were converted by Canfield. And then the last one was converted by Braley Nati, but, but not B. Of course, it was Kimura. Now, please tell me that you know a bit more about this. I saw a very brief um, post on social medias about Brittany and Kimura uh, and their same last name and maybe some amazingness that happened around tries and conversions. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I think this is your story to tell, Big T. <laughs> so allegedly, according to the NRL roast, Brittany scoring and um, Kimura converting is the first time a married couple has ever scored and converted mm-hmm. a try, um, which is just so exciting. I had no idea how much I wanted it in my life until I read it. Uh, such a phenomenal thing that happened. I'm just so excited. It's just one of those things, Big T, that I think the women's game, not just in rugby league, but women's sport in general, continues to show us what is possible, what is beautiful and what is inclusive. I mean, can you think about how far we still have to go in men's sport for yeah. two married males to be competing on the same team? No, I, I can't. that in itself would be a story we'd hear about it for weeks. The fact that this happened and that this fun little tri-conversion thing happened and, and I didn't see it on any NRL mm. newsy bits, mm. you know, it was mildly frustrating. Maybe they're trying to be like, oh, guys, this kind of stuff's fun, but we're not, you know, it's kind of reverse thing. We're like, we're not going to make a big deal out of everything. We're like, no, this is kind of really fun. This is a kind of fun romantic even. You know, how often does rugby league get to be romantic where it's not like <laughs> silly? You know, this is this is real romance. Like, so anyway, I just loved it. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, if you love real me, romance, Big T, I was yeah. going to say, if you love real romance, then the other sport to get into is cricket because there are two married women competing for the South African national team. 
Dane van Niekerk and Marazan Kapp both have played for the Sydney Sixers in the past as well and are just fierce competitors. And at the moment as well in the ICC Women's World Cup, uh, Heather Brunt and Nat Siva also play on the same team for England and are also a married couple. Are you, are you reading that? No, I'm not. How the hell do you remember? That's incredible. First of all, obviously your, your <laughs> pronunciation of names is phenomenal and I have practised mine and still did a bad job. But And I know that you just have a great brain for it. But the fact that you've just pulled those out of the top of your head is so exciting as well. Not as exciting as a romantic well, I story. Love I love Big Yeah, I love there it is. There it is. Okay, fair enough. Um, now tell me, <laughs> if we can for a moment, I mean, that was the most exciting part. So the second most exciting part was the Titans got their first win of the season. Um, how did you see this game? They did. Big T, I'm, I'm being annoying tonight. I'm just going to be like, can I talk about something else? Can I just bring up one other thing? Um, there was one other thing that I wanted to address before we get into this game, and that is Vania Polite. Yes, Vani yes. is an Australian women's rugby sevens player and is playing in the NRLW and was a real standout for mine yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now, there have been some photographs circling of Vani and when she crossed the line, um, someone went in to tackle her and... In that process, um, she actually exposed her breasts on national television. Mm-hmm. Vani has put up a wonderful post on social media. She talks a lot about how proud of her body she is, how proud she is that she has a strong body that allows her to play rugby league in the sports that she loves. She's been asked in the past about the size of her breasts and how she can play contact sport with the breasts that she has. Um, she's very hard to tackle. The opposition will apparently often grab at anything to try and take her down. She's apparently had her bra lifted up several times, but Ivania doesn't shy away from it. She's proud of herself. And if you go to her Instagram page, she says she's gotten a lot of new followers over the last day or so, <laughs> but that they should be bitterly disappointed because that's not the sort of content she'll be providing on her Instagram page. Yeah. So power to Ivania. I am so glad she's playing NRLW and it's been just so exciting to watch her really dominate and as well give us the opportunity to think about what our NRLW players might look like if they had the opportunity to be full-time professionals. Yes, because as you quite rightly said, she's, she's come from that rugby background. She has been so dominant. I knew little about her other than what I'd read before the season. She has just been an absolute cornerstone of this season. If, you, if you're mm. not living and loving her at the moment, then you're not watching the NRLW. Um, and I saw that exact tackle while, while live while it was happening. She's been bundled out into touch with like four Rooster players taking her out. She fixed herself back up and the game continued. I did double take going, did I just see that? Or what was that? And then I looked on social media and there was nothing, which I was extremely proud of. There wasn't a bunch of idiots blowing mm. up the immediately, immediately. You're blowing up to like so bad. To then see her post um, that I saw um, that through you posting on the socials being not only like um, power-centred, like, the, you know, this is my body and I feel great about it, but also having that light-hearted humorousness mm. about, about those, you know, if you're here to see more of that content, you're, you're going to be disappointed. I thought that was the, like, the best way you could possibly respond to that situation. Um and, and, and we need people with that kind of leadership or ability to, to deal with this situation. Well, in case it happens again in the future, for men or women, they now have a great, you know, go-to kind of post that they can kind of use. So, yeah, that, that, was, that was a really great moment um, afterwards, seeing her deal with that um, situation so well. And on the field, she did really well. Yeah, she did. Now, do you want me to actually talk about the game? I guess so. 
So you already mentioned Brittany Braley Nati. I also just wanted to say that she scored the first double of her NRLW career in that game. Last week when you asked me to tip this game, I was actually pretty confident that the Titans would take it away. Mm. They were a little bit rusty last week, but no surprise given that it was their first ever game together as a team. We spoke about errors in the Newcastle Broncos game. I feel like there was a similar pattern for the Roosters in this game as well. So the Gold Coast completed at 75% and that was compared to the Roosters' 57%. Yeah, yeah. And in a competition so short and so tight, you are really going to struggle when you're giving teams that much possession. Um, the other interesting stat that I wanted to share, Big T, is that even though they lost, the Roosters actually made five line breaks compared to the Gold Coast four. You still there? Yes, I'm still here. Oh, yeah. You're in shock. I just paused. Yeah. I was like, you can talk now. <laughs> for, for drama. The, um, yeah, look, I, um, I thought that was good too. I think the biggest problem they had was tackle breaks. There was 42 to 13 and offloads, which is 9 to 1. So mm. that, that screams to me no, no, well, I don't want to say no hustle in, in D because that's then I, I'm probably a bit too far, but that certainly shows that there is a, well, I don't want to say lack of commitment either. That certainly shows that there's a deficit in that bit that they need to fix because the Titans aren't a powerhouse yet, and yet they really looked like it. The biggest thing that I think was the, the change for me was the halves. So the halves for the Titans this week looked really in control for a lot of it. Um, Kamora and Grace Griffin, both of their kicking games were, well, particularly Grace, um, when they had, were in the, the opposition half, had a much better kicking game than a lot of other halves for the rest of that day. In, in all six teams um, other than the Broncos. I think Grace was one of the standout 5.8s on a last tackle option. And her short balls were also fantastic. So uh, she's now slowly becoming – she does she backs it up next week. Grace is also going to be one of my new people mm. to watch because um, cause I, I think halfbacks or, or creative play is something um, other than the kicking game that, that the NRLW is still building on. And Grace looks like mm. a, a real person on the forefront of that. Um, we're going to get to oh, your last up. one. Mm. Well, yes, before we do, I wanted one shout-out and one beacon of hope. Okay. So the shout-out goes to Karina Brown. She's absolutely still got it and managed to score her first NRLW try in that yep. win for the Gold Coast. So shout-out to Karina Brown. I absolutely love you. And the beacon of hope goes out to the Sydney Roosters fans, who I know are struggling <laughs> at the moment given that their team still hasn't won a game. But... Fingers crossed, Corbin Baxter should return for the game this weekend and that will be a major boost to the Roosters' attack. Yeah. Karina Brown, there's a nice segue, was the, um, was the original, the OG lover of love during State of Origin, if, if my memory she serves was. me. There you go. So we're she tying sure it up was. Nicely. Finally, um, the final game of the afternoon and probably the game of the round again, the 4pm Eels game, just keeps turning into the game of the round against the Dragons. The Dragons, 10, Eels, 0, still at Wynn Stadium. Uh, and Pearson scored the only, Rachel Pearson scored mm-hmm. the only try and then converted two penalties. So she was the only point scorer. And I think mm-hmm. the NRLW is, is still quite young. That's the first time anyone's had a game where they scored the entire points in the entire game because, unfortunately, the Eels came up with donuts. Um, talk me through it. By this time, you're still at your, I mean, the sermon's still going, right? Like you, you didn't get to watch this game live. <laughs> the sermon's still going now, Big T, to be <laughs> honest. Now, what I'll say is full credit to the Dragons because it was an incredibly controlled performance. 
You touched on Rachel Pearson scoring all the points. Mm. And I also wanted to shout out to Elsie Albert, who was enormous with 159 metres and a line break. What I'll say for Parramatta fans is I don't know how much you can actually take away from this game, given the appalling conditions Mm. in the second half. Mm. I mean, I've seen rain in NRL men's games. I can only recall one or two times where I've seen the men play in conditions like that. So if I'm an Eels fan, I am an Eels fan. I'm not (laughs) panicking too much. But I think some of the things we saw last weekend was still evident this week. A little bit of clunkiness in attack. Unfortunately, Portiana Panatani had a bit of a difficult day with four handling errors. Mm. But I took great comfort in the efforts of our forwards particularly Kennedy Charrington, 121 metres, and Samima Taufa, 103 metres. Mm. Um, I touched on the Dragons, and to take nothing away from them, even more emphasised given the fact that Kezi Apps didn't play this game. Yeah. Look, I would also, I, I want to stick back to, to your first point about uh, Elisa Albert, because I thought the forwards everywhere were incredible. You mentioned mm-hmm. Her Majesty, the mighty and honourable Empress of the West, Samama Taufa, who mm-hmm. again had an, had an incredible game. Um, most tackling uh, than, well, she had the highest tackles than anyone in the Eels, but what she did most of all was in that last 15-minute period where it was the absolute wettest. It was grey. The screen looked grey. We, we couldn't really see what was happening. There was so much rain. The players couldn't see Big T. Oh, the players it, couldn't see a couple of metres in front of them. Yeah insane, just puddles everywhere. And so the fact that she, in that period of time, lifted into line breaks, incredible tackles, just bumping people off, constantly asking for the ball, that's real leadership. Like, she is just, that's no words, that's just actions. She's incredible. Um, and so she was doing that, which was great. But also um, Hanisi and L Johnson were also in that dying stage. And Johnson coming off the bench in that dying stage were just massive on both sides of the ball, defence and, and attack. But the same thing happened with the Dragons. Uh Namosi, Sagano, and also uh, you mentioned Albert before, who were just so massive. I mean, Albert ended up doing most run meters out of everyone in in the Dragons, and that includes fullbacks. That includes people cutting Mm. the fullback with some free 10, 15 meters. That's nuts for a forward like that. And she played so many minutes. Like, she's just an absolute powerhouse. She would also be in the top five. If you're drafting players now, she's got to be in your top five as well because she just, you can build an entire team around her and her effort areas. Uh, incredible. And I think we waxed lyrical about her last week as well. The fact that the Dragons are winning games off the back of that brilliance doesn't surprise me at all. No, me either. And we talk about the team to beat the Broncos. We'll talk about next week, but we've got a showdown coming between the Dragons and the Broncos, and I am here for it. Yeah. Well, if if you're good, I want to just quickly give you a wrap on your last week's tips because you just brought that up. You tipped the Broncos, the Titans, and the Eels. You had to tip the Eels. It was a very close game, and you, as you said, you can't take much from it. So that's two from three. That's very good. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that, Big T. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll definitely take it. What have you got for next week? So Roosters, Knights, and that's on a Saturday night. I'm going to take the Knights. Yeah, and it's at the SCG, which is unusual. I guess this is the first NRL M disrupted mm-hmm. uh, or disruptive uh, round. So we've got them at 12.50. It's not Saturday night, so it's 12. It's Saturday in the middle of the day. Uh, and you've, sorry, you've taken the nights, did you say? Yes, the nights. Yeah. And then on Sunday midday, we've got that incredible showdown between one and two you know, to see who can finally lose a game between the Dragons and the Broncos. Do you take the underdog or do you stay with the powerhouse? 
I'm going to stay with the Broncos, mm. but what I will say is I don't think this is the last time these two teams are going to meet. So it's a real opportunity for the Dragons to have a bit of a play, test out what works, and if they don't win, that doesn't mean that they can't beat the Broncos later in the year. So people were hanging around to hear about that juicy and uh, those Eels membership chat that you dangled at the beginning. They're now getting these mm. juicy tidbits, these little gossip, these hot takes. Uh, Dragons, Broncos, Grand Final, there you go. And then Eels, Titans. Again, the Eels just seem to accidentally put together the game of the round. I think this, with with my girl, Doyen and Betty Welsh versus um, the Titans, I just think this is going to be great. I do too. I'm taking the Eels, but I think it is, again, going to be an exceptional game. Yeah, I think I'm with you with all of the things. I'm taking Knights. I'm probably going to take Broncos, but I'm going to be so excited when the Dragons win. I cannot tip this game. And mm-hmm. eels and Titans, I cannot tip. It should it should probably be eels, but I just don't know. So I really can't wait. There's going to be I'm almost as excited as there's that game and the Tigers game. I'm, the Tigers game is probably just edging that game off, but that's my second most exciting game for next weekend. Um, well, Mary, this has been a pleasure. Is there anything else? Oh, we need to talk about membership numbers. That was close. Well, so just on what we've talked about, Big T, just for anyone that hadn't quite picked it up yet, this weekend's actually a crucial one for the NRLW because the Knights. And the Roosters will come up against each other. They're both the teams that haven't had the that haven't won a game yet. So you would think that the loser of this game probably won't be able to make the finals. Then we've got the Eels and the Titans. They're the teams with one win each. And then of course we've got the Dragons, the Broncos, and we'll find out who's going to be three from three at the end of this round. There's been a lot of talk about the NRL Eels men's membership numbers. And apparently we will be locking out away fans for the Easter Monday game against the the Tigers and also the game against Penrith later in the year. My thing is, if our membership numbers are that big, then this is your opportunity to get out to Combank Stadium this weekend. It is going to be a history-making day with the men and the women playing together on the same pitch for the first time. Just get out there. I don't know what else to say, Big T. If you are an Eels member and can be there, be there. And if you're a fan of women's footy and can get your hands on a ticket, be there as well. Well said. Uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought that through. It is the top versus the middle versus the bottom, mm-hmm. all, all trying mm-hmm. to work out actually where we are in this, mm-hmm. in this table. Yeah, this is going to be a big one. At the end of this weekend, we'll really know where everyone's supposed to be. Correct. Is, I can't wait. You should be there. The, the, you've got the Dragons Broncos at Combank with Eels and Titans. So that's a big ticket to go and like see. What more could you want? And then stick around <laughs> to watch the Eels men play the Titans. And actually, Big T, sorry, while I'm waxing lyrical, um, I'm probably a little biased because the Eels are my team, but I just want to shout out to the Eels social media team. I think they've been doing incredible work. Some great posts about the men, some great posts about the women. And this afternoon, this pump-up piece popped up about this weekend. The men, the women, it looks super professional and it's so clear that it's two teams, one club, and it just makes my heart sing. Amazing. What a note to end on. This has been an absolute pleasure, Mary. Um, and if you're listening to this, we'd love you to interact with us on Twitter and Insta about the NRLW. You can find Mary at Ladies Who League. You can find me at The Biggest Tiger. And, of course, the show is at Chasing Ruse Pod. Mm-hmm.